0: Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's episode, we are talking about polyamory. I am so excited to have this special guest, my friend Megan, join me to talk more about this. And I know that there are a lot of people in the community who are curious about polyamory, who have a lot of questions, who maybe don't know how that's different from ethical non-monogamy, the lifestyle, things like that. And we are answering all of that here today. Hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, I want to know, Are you having a hard time finding a sex toy? Or maybe you're feeling really overwhelmed by all of the possible options that are out there. You have clitoral, you have dual action, you have couple's toy or a C-ring, you have vaginal, you have G-spot, you want vibration, no vibration. Do you want it to suck or not? So many different options are available, which can be very overwhelming. So I have created my how to pick a sex toy guide. This guide is going to ask you a handful of questions to help gear you towards the type of toy that you may find enjoyable. To get your how to pick a sex toy guide, go to freebies.jordanell.com. I can't wait to hear what toys you decide to try. On today's episode, we have my friend Megan Sapphire joining us. Megan is not your average radio personality. Since 2009, she has been on a variety of radio outlets, including CBS Radio, Sirius XM, and iHeart Radio stations. Ms. Sapphire has also worked behind the scenes in the adult industry since 2012 when Playboy asked her to be a host and producer. Her mission is to use her radio talent to spread sex positivity and create safe spaces for sex workers. Her current projects include the podcast Sapphire's Earplay, which she recently, after 12 years, put that to rest. And you can also hear her reporting traffic for Real 92.3 in LA and the Black Information Network on iHeartRadio. So Megan, I am so excited to have you here with me today to talk more about polyamory and non-monogamy, what all of that is. Let's just jump right into it. And what is polyamory? Oh, man. Well, first of all, thank you so much for
1: hosting me on the platform. I'm still getting used to people, by the way, saying my first name and not just sapphire or megan which i'm just like no no it's cool it's just like just a little background i do radio and everything so it's kind of it's weird to get the professional name out there now and people not shortening it so thank you jordan so basically uh, non-monogamy polyamory the two biggest things first of all polyamory is about building multiple relationships with multiple people Of course, non-monogamy is consensual sexual acts among multiple partners. So it doesn't mean that they all have to be in the same relationship. Being a non-monogamous means that you're not really tied down to people. And I think that's what a lot of people get twisted when they talk about polyamory. And they're like, yeah, I'm non-monogamous, but I'm in several polyamorous relationships. I was like, hold up. Well, okay. No, (laughs) like you're either polyamorous or you're non monogamous. So I hope that, you know, it's a little bit clear
0: for the audience. Yes, I think that's a really good distinction because I have some friends who claim to be both polyamorous as well as non monogamous. And that distinction, I think, is so helpful. And when I think of polyamory or being polyamorous, I think of multiple relationships are they all intimate relationships? Are some of them just emotional? What can that look like?
1: Believe it or not, I know a lot of polyamorous folks who have no sex at all and that it's just strictly about building relationships in a non-sexual way because you can be asexual and polyamorous. And of course, being asexual, sex is not really something on the menu. Sexuality is not really a focal point. So for them, it's more about building And creating a more meaningful relationship through other ways other than the physicality, the physical aspect of sex. Now for me, I'm a very sexual person. But I also, as I've been saying, especially on my platform, that lately I have been questioning the type of polyamorous person I am. Because right now I'm really close to making more relationships. Right now I am dating a woman and a man, those who follow me on social media, they may see sometimes my shout outs to my girlfriend, but they also know that I have a live in polyamorous boyfriend. He is my life partner and we are both polyamorous, but he is more, I guess he's more into the polyamorous lifestyle than I am at the moment. Right now I'm just kind of set in my ways. I don't have enough time to date other people and which is fine. It doesn't make me less polyamorous than I was when I started about three years ago, but it also doesn't mean that I'm not polyamorous. I know who I am at the end of the day.
0: I love that. And so this journey started for you about three years ago. And how did you discover that you are polyamorous? How did this kind of happen? It's kind of funny because even before I really knew who I was
1: as a person in this community, I always had thought about dating multiple people because I am bisexual. As I like to jokingly say, I am 90% lesbian, 10% bisexual. (laughs) So I've always said like back in the day, I was like, oh, I'm never going to tie myself down unless I'm with somebody who will respect the fact that I would like a girlfriend and a boyfriend. Of course, that didn't really happen. And when I did get into a monogamous relationship, I was not happy. It was very abusive. It wasn't a loving relationship that I have now. And that's when I kind of realized, I was like, you know, I like dating around and making meaningful connections. And that's about it. And then I remembered an interview I did in college with a polyamorous couple, and this was before Instagram and the representation was really out there in the media. And I was fascinated because that's when I've learned about Google Calendar. Anybody who's polyamorous knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Ooh, Can I cuss? Am I allowed to cuss on this? (laughs) That's how I knew about Google Calendar and how it really does save Polyamorous relationships, because people like to ask, like, how do you keep track of who's having a date with who, and do you ever get jealous about the time spent? I'm like, well, it's all about time management, and thanks to Google Calendar, you can
0: share the calendar, set out your dates, and all that. Well, I'm just so curious about this Google Calendar. How? So you share like your calendar with your partners; they share it with you, so that you know who's spending time with who. We compare the calendars. For instance, my partner, Ben and I, who I call
1: suit and tie, we have a poly date calendar and in there, it marks everything from who has therapy a certain day, who has a certain date, because he has another girlfriend who I'm no longer with, but we share a very close friendship. So he, during the days of the week, will split time between her and I. And then he sometimes goes on dates with my other girlfriend, Michelle. So we all compare, okay, well, you have a date night with Michelle this day. I'm going to see her in two weeks and vice versa. So we just share our days of the week just to make sure that we're not overstepping the the time that's separated, especially between him and his, his other girlfriend, who I'm not allowed to name because her family does not know that she's polyamorous and she's married and she has a baby. So it's a whole ass situation, (laughs) but we all definitely sounds like a situation. Yeah. But as we call it, our polycule, our family, like everybody is respectful. We are one big happy family who may or may not sleep with each
0: other. And just we enjoy the time that we're given. So I have another question for you. Brought up polycule. I don't even know how to spell that. I'll have to figure that out at a later date, but (laughs) P-O-L-Y-C-U-L-E, polycule. Okay, perfect. So within your polycule, do you have um, other people outside of that or is it only within your group? And what does that even mean? Yeah, so our polycule is more, if I'm going to
1: put it out there, it's more right now at the moment, dynamic-wise. It's Ben, married girlfriend, my girlfriend Michelle, her boyfriend David, and myself. And at one point, we all used to all play together, but that's not the case now. But we do hang out and do game nights. We'll go to a movie Just, but not everybody is sleeping around with everybody. I sleep with David and Michelle, both separately and together. And then, of course, my life partner, Ben, and I will sleep with Michelle. Or sometimes it won't be married girlfriend if it's on like a sex date night and it might be the four of us, or it might be just myself, Ben, Michelle. That's our polycule. As far as dating outside, I am seeing another woman, but it's not serious. We date each other when we have the time. She's understanding and respectful of my polyamorous relationship and the lifestyle that I'm in. She does not consider herself polyamorous, but again, she's very respectful. And that to me attracts me more is that even if you like I I it's not a requirement that someone be polyamorous in order to date me. But they do have to respect the fact that whether or not we acknowledge it as a hierarchy, there is a sense of hierarchy. Being respectful of the fact that I do have a live-in partner, that I do have a loving relationship with another girlfriend, that I do have a relationship with her partner, David. They're on different levels of love and attraction, but at the end of the day, they do come before the others,
0: if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And I'm glad that you brought up the hierarchy because I have heard of that before, that there is some sort of hierarchy within a polyamorous relationship, within the polycule as well. Yeah, polycule, yes. (laughs) So I'm glad that you brought that up. I know I interrupted what you were saying earlier. Do you remember what you were saying? I think you were asking about, gosh, I think it was
1: on the lines of, again, the differences between being polyamorous and non-monogamous. But also, I think you wanted to get into the ethical side because that's another
0: thing that comes into. So I was on Instagram this morning and saw a post about the term ethical non-monogamy and consensual non-monogamy actually not being politically correct terms and using the term non-monogamy is most appropriate. I am so curious what your thoughts are on that. And maybe if you want to elaborate at all. I mean, honestly,
1: it's like anything. I feel like one minute it's cool to say something and the next minute it's not. I will say this though, the difference between being ethical and being just non-monogamous, at the end of the day, it brings it back to being non-monogamous is consensual acts of sex. Okay. With multiple partners being ethical. Again, it's bringing into play of ethics, but in my opinion, they're both the same. Somebody out there is going to disagree with me, but at the end of the day, it is. It's either you're going to be someone who just freely has sex and it's non-consensual, and that becomes borderline cheating, okay? If you're not being truthful with your partner, which is an absolute no-no if you are polyamorous. And that's what I need to bring to the table and make myself very clear. When you are in consensual relationships, in a polyamorous relationship, okay, the truth and honesty and openness and the vulnerability is an absolute must. You cannot tell me you're polyamorous and your partners do not know even just the slightest who your other partners are. You may not want to hear the details of that date and please be respectful of that, but best believe we all know about each other. Okay. So everybody has their different ways of navigating polyamory, but first and foremost, The truth is, we all know about each other. We don't have to be associated with each other, but we all know each other, and we are all respectful of the boundaries that might be laid down when dating each other.
0: Yes, I think that's so important to bring up. When I hear polyamory, one of the common misconceptions that I hear is that it just means that you, quote, can cheat freely. Okay, no. (laughs)
1: That's an absolute no. That's a fuck no. Anybody out there that is like, well, so you're cheating. No, no, I'm not cheating. First and foremost, again, let me bring it back to what I just said. Being polyamorous, you are respectful of the relationships, okay? So again, I may not, I I like to hear when my, when, if Ben goes out on a date, and especially if I'm attracted to that person, I might not have sex with this person, But I definitely want to know a little nitty gritty. I want to know how was the sex. I want to know about your date. I like details because I'm nasty. I like to fantasize about it. I might not have that, you know, luxury with my other partners. So, for instance, Michelle does not like to see footage of dates if I'm with somebody. If I wanted to send a Snapchat of our date together, that's a no. So again, that's respecting the boundaries. So am I able to freely cheat? That's a no, because everybody who I have, especially a sexual relationship with, we all know about each other. There is no room for lying. If there is any room for lying and going behind a partner's back, then I personally need to check myself in what am I doing in this polyamorous journey? Because it's certainly not. Doing any good for the community, it's doing more harm. And we already have enough negatives when someone says, "Oh, you're polyamorous," and they're like, "Oh, so you cheat all day?" No, my partners all know about each other. We all respect each other, and that's about it. We all love each other. There's no room for that nasty behavior.
0: Yeah, and I feel like in a polyamorous relationship, your communication has to be like top notch, top tier. Would you agree with that? I tell people all the time, if you, when people say,
1: I think I'm polyamorous and I'm like, what makes you think that? They're like, well, because I'm attracted to men, uh, to multiple people outside of my partner. Well, I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but that's not being polyamorous. That just means you're attracted to multiple people. But I said, can you be vulnerable the same way that you are with your current partner with another? Oh no can you go freely on a date with somebody and give your heart in a certain way to another person? Oh, hell no. Then you're not polyamorous. You might be ethically non-monogamous. You might be non-monogamous. Polyamorous, again, if you're not willing to make multiple connections, if that disgusts you, if that makes you feel a certain way, then you're not polyamorous. Again, Being polyamorous, you are opening your heart in more ways than I ever felt being monogamous. It's hard work. It is hard fucking work. You think managing just one date? Try managing five, okay? Try managing maybe you live with your partner and you know that they got a date coming up and you got to find a way to distract yourself. So you're not going crazy thinking, okay, well, they're going to go out and be intimate with somebody. Are they going to do what they do with me? Are they going to come back and say, I don't love you anymore? Because granted, that happens. Okay, It happens to me all the time, especially out of, even though we're still in COVID times, when things were a little bit better here in LA and when things started opening up, It was a very hard conversation to navigate with my primary partner who I was starting to live with, who wanted to go out and go on multiple dates with people who weren't my girlfriend, who weren't my ex-girlfriend. But I also had to respect that and remind myself like, hey, this is what being polyamorous is all about. It's not about, are they going to go and love somebody more than me? If that does come a time where there's that level of attraction, my partner Ben has told me multiple times, even just very recently, I will never go out and make a connection with somebody if it means harming you. If it's threatening to my, re- my current loving relationships, then it cannot, it cannot go further than what it is. And they also have to respect the fact that I am in two loving relationships already. That's the communication and the vulnerability that comes with being polyamorous. It's hard work, 10 times harder than monogamy, in my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, I feel like I can barely handle communicating with one human Potentially, I don't even have that. (laughs) It's it's, hard. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I couldn't imagine multiple relationships. I mean, that's what this is. This is relationships. This is not a casual hookup. This is not just somebody you met off the street. This is a relationship with somebody else that you equally have to maintain, invest energy into, consistent energy. And personally, it sounds like a shit ton of work. And more power to you, but I, I couldn't
1: do it. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, there's times where I'm just like, fuck, do, do I even want this anymore? But the fact of the matter is, is that I love, well, I love the fuck out of this man. And it, you've seen my posts. I love this man and I love my girlfriend. It's a different type of love, but I I love her to death. I love our relationship, especially because... The good thing about my relationships and being polyamorous is that, one, I work 13, 17-hour days a week, like Monday through Friday. I'm up early and I go and I'm ending work late. And they know that. And we're all busy people so that it's not a dependency of I have to text them every day to show them that I love them. It's different because I live with one and I don't live with the other. So my girlfriend and I, it's like... When we see each other, we make sure that our dates count for the minutes and the time that we have because we're not given that. We're, as she says it, we're some boss ass bitches. Like that's what we are. We are some lady bosses. So the time that we spend together, we cherish it to the T and it's not a text dependent. It's like when I text you, Hey, it's been a minute. Are you good? Yeah. Are you good? Cool. See you soon that's it. If you're sick, she's taking care of my plants. Like my partner and I were sick once we got back from our trip and she's still caring for our babies right now. We're going to make a date to thank her the whole nine. So the communication is very strong, but I also have a nice healthy balance in not being so dependent on my partners, which I think even those who are monogamous need to take, you know, note of. A lot of people say like, I'm monogamous, but I like this whole, some of the rules and aspects that come with polyamory. And I'm like, yeah, you can take parts of polyamory into your monogamous life. Setting a Google calendar, setting time for yourself, dating yourself, just because your boy, your man or your girl is having girls, guys night or whatever night doesn't mean like you got to sit at home with your thoughts, go out and date yourself, romance yourself, Get yourself prepped for when they come home. Then y'all can romance each other and be like, I missed you. Have those times set for yourself. I think that's first and foremost. Like You got to remember your own self before you give your heart to another. So it comes in tenfolds.
0: It comes in tenfolds. I always am telling people that if you don't love yourself, nobody else can love you. And really prioritizing yourself first and foremost is essential. Yeah, it absolutely is. Like I used to think,
1: like people always say, they're like, oh, you seem so secure of yourself. Let me just tell you guys, I probably cry at least three times a week. Okay. I probably cry three times a week just questioning who I am in this polyamorous journey? Why are my partners with me? Or are like they say, love can come in seasons that I don't want to be a season. I can't imagine my life without these amazing people that I've just bared everything, not just the sex, but just everything, the vulnerability. Being vulnerable with somebody is amazing. So can you imagine being vulnerable with three or four other people in the same way that you would which is one partner that that doesn't come often that i don't know what i've done in this lifetime but i have gained some amazing amazing lovers who have turned into very they they are my best friends and i've lost a lot of friends i've lost a lot of friends because of me being polyamorous i lost a lot of friends due to covid it's not an accepting lifestyle but i found a community and i found people within that community who understand and love me on all aspects
0: yeah that's what life's about that's what 100% what life's about is finding your people whatever that looks like whether it's polyamorous relationship or a support group of women it, it doesn't matter but that is literally what life is all about i'm so curious yeah in your relationships do you experience jealousy <laughs> ooh that word jealousy
1: jealousy <laughs> sorry <sighs> it, you know what i'd be lying if i said no okay i i even used to say you can't be polyamorous and jealous you could absolutely be jealous and What I have realized through therapy and through talking with my partners, my form of jealousy is not so much the fact that my partner, especially Ben, is going out with other women. It's more of the fact that I'm not invited. (laughs) It's that I'm jealous that my man can go and get a hot female and she may or may not be down to have me. involved, you know, so I'm very jealous of time spent, like his love language is time spent. And my jealousy comes from time spent. Because again, I work a lot. So when I am working, even from home, and I only see you in passing, and we may not see each other, like right now, we've been seeing each other. So it's kind of like, go out on a date, do what you need to do. Let me, yeah, bye. Go, go do what you got to do. I'm going to be jealous and be like, "Mm, but stay in bed. Oh, you see, like, I, I flashed my titties yesterday. I was taking a nap and he's going ready, like going out just to have a little nerd time with his people. And I'm trying to do everything to keep this man at home. But at the same time, I'm like, he needs to not be with me right now. <laughs> I need to have some me time. So I'm more so jealous of just the time spent. If he has a date and I don't have a date, I'll get jealous. I'll be like, damn, you, ha- you have, you're going on a date. And I don't have a date. I'll even have friends to be like, I want to go out. I'm bored. <laughs> so I'm more jealous of the time. It's not so much of the person. Has there been a time that I was jealous of a person? Absolutely. But uh, that person's not in the picture. And that's okay because other things happen. But I would be lying to you and to anyone listening and to the, the very curious of this lifestyle to say that. Jealousy doesn't occur. Everybody has a way to cope with that. For me, I try to overcome my jealousy by taking time for me, taking myself on dinner dates, taking myself to the movies or sitting at home, drinking lots of whiskey and wine and smoking a lot of weed and watching movies and playing video games, distracting myself. Distraction is fine because that helps me overcome my little gray monster. That's like, Oh they're on a date and they're probably fucking you. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear that. I just want to love myself and then cherish when the person comes home. I want that. I want to not be angry. I don't want to go to bed angry. I never go to bed angry in my relationships. If there's a problem, I talk about it then and there. We have check-ins, which we're Overdue for one. I'm I'm yelling out to my partner. He's in the bath. We're overdue for a check-in.
0: <laughs> How often but, do you do your check-ins?
1: We do check-ins at least bi-weekly. Sometimes I even sooner if we know that there's something that happens. But again, that's also in the calendar. We have check-ins. And I think regardless of what type of relationship you're in, if you are being intimate and you really like somebody and you are establishing, key phrase, a relationship with someone, Y'all should check in with each other. Even when shit is not bad, just check in. Just see how y'all are
0: doing. Like, yes. If there's, yeah, just check in. It's okay. Well, yeah, I am eventually putting together a program about this. I don't know when, but it's in the thought process of my head something called Roundtable Discussion, where you weekly sit down and have a discussion about what the hell's going on in life what's coming up? What challenges are you having to help keep that communication open? Because it is so important to be telling your partner what's going on in your life, for them to have the opportunity to tell you as well. And then also for you to say, hey, this did not really feel good. This is something like addressing those things that maybe sometimes if you're somebody like me, I have a hard time dealing with things in the moment. I got to process and then come back and deal with it. And so that provides a safe space to say, hey, this came up for me. I really didn't like the way this is handled. Can we talk about it? Yada, yada, yada. But it is so important to keep those communication lines open. And I love that you guys are doing that. No, absolutely. Because
1: I feel like where relationships fail, and this is any type of relationship, I think that where they fail is the communication. And for me, communication is the most important thing. Like, yeah, sex appeal, sexuality is another thing. Sex is very important to me personally. I'm not saying that's for every relationship, but communication to me is the hottest thing. And doing it in a fun way, like what we like to do with our check-ins, there's this game that, Ben has, and it's in a clear box and it's just a bunch of questions and it's like an icebreaker. And so we'll sit down, listen to some music and we'll go over these little questions and then, you know, we'll go into what's going on in our relationship, you know, and it just makes the communication stronger because again, when we wait for things to really hit the fan, it's like by then you already know what the outcome's going to be. Cause you didn't address it right then and there. If your partner disrespected you, but they didn't know they disrespected you and they keep doing it over and over again, but you're not, you're doing a disservice in, re- in the relationship by not nipping it in the butt right then and there. Don't, if you're afraid to speak out in your relationship, you got to question the type of relationship you're having with that person. So having these check-ins, it's not a bad thing. And I even had to remind myself, like, check-ins are not bad because I'll get nervous. I start crying right there thinking like, oh, shit, it's over. It's a breakup. And then I have to get a reassurance of I'm not breaking up with you. I'm just telling you this is what frustrated me. So let's move on from there. But I'm not leaving. This is us. This is a check-in. This is what we do. You go When you go to the doctor, you do a check-in. It's not always bad. It's just more of like, hey, got to make sure everything's working the way it should be. But unlike the doctor, your check-in's not every six months. Your check-ins should be more frequent to where you see fit. Do you have to have a check-in every week? Not necessarily. So for us, bi-weekly, that works for us because, again, we're dating multiple people at some times and sometimes we don't see each other. So the bi-weekly works for us because that's now a set carved out time for us to focus on us and not the outside world.
0: I love that. I've actually been thinking about putting one together for single people, primarily single women, because I think that from my own personal experience, that would be a really good thing for me to do is check in with myself weekly or biweekly, monthly, even like, where am I at in life, what's going on? How am I supporting myself? And how am I not supporting myself? And what can I do to change it? But keeping that communication open with myself, which is something I have been working on. So that's been on my mind too. Lots of ideas. I like that. Honestly, I feel
1: like, especially like, let me take it to the aspect of just being a woman. I feel like a lot of women, regardless of your sexuality, we leave it up to our partners, okay, on everything, what to eat, what to wear, what to do, how to initiate sex. So checking in with yourself, I think is very important because again, it brings me back to what we were talking about earlier. If you don't love yourself, how are you going to love yourself and open yourself to another person? How are you going to allow love how are you going to allow that love to love you back if you can't get in tune with yourself so I find it very important especially for women that we need to almost regain that and I love that if you hold that space hun hell I might not be single but I would love to be a part of it because I like connecting with other especially women I love connecting with women and giving them a sense of I don't want to say hope but a sense of light to be like, hey, maybe this is for you. Or polyamory might not be the way, but maybe some of my lessons of what I've learned and I have taken from being polyamorous can help you on your journey of wherever you want to go. Yeah,
0: I love that. Now, when it comes to polyamory, how do you know if it's right for you? Is it something you can just like try out? And then if you decide this isn't a good fit, Absolutely. I mean, so let me
1: go back to how I even started this journey. And I think that's what we were going to go to. So here we go, coming back full circle. So uh, like I said, I started being polyamorous about three, maybe even four years ago. Cause I know I was still living in San Diego and particularly when I brought up the word of polyamory, it was during Pride weekend. At the time I was dating openly. Michelle, well, just starting my meeting Michelle and David, because I met them at a play party that Benjamin had brought me to, that him and his married girlfriend would always go to. So it was a community. And then when I met Michelle and David, we connected, we clicked, we vibed, we played. And then I think a couple months later, that's when we all decided, like, yo, Let's go to Pride together in San Diego and spend time with each other. So while Ben was playing with married girlfriend in the next room, I was playing with Michelle and David in the other room. And then they told me about them being polyamorous. And I was like, oh my God, here comes this word again. It's now the second time in life. Now before I heard of it, like I said, I was back in college, but I didn't practice it. And I was like, I'm already seeing multiple people Ben and I had this strong attraction with each other. By then, we were dating each other two years into this. So we were like, you know what? I'm going to bring it up to him. Maybe he will be interested. And so that's when we discussed, maybe we are polyamorous because you have an attraction to married girlfriend, almost other name, and we have something together you guys have something separate. Then there's you, Michelle and David, and they're already polyamorous and you are forming relationships with them. And so from there it was kind of like baby steps. So we, you know, just started doing the work. And by doing the work, I mean linking up with other polyamorous couples in community. For us, the community, I believe, was not even built off of Instagram. It was built off of Meetup groups. So there is a, if you're in the Los Angeles area, there's a group on Meetup called Poly Cocktails. So sipping on some good cocktails and meeting with people in the polyamorous community in LA, I think it's like once or twice a month. I personally have not gone, but I have met people in that community. Ben has gone. And again, that's ways to just build and and talk to people in the community. And then, of course, going to play parties and meeting couples who are swingers, polyamorous couples, you know, even just the married non-ethical community, again, taking all those lessons. And then once I really started seeing on Instagram the more visibility, so shout out to my girl Gabalexa. I just found out about Bay Leche, underscore on the Leche, Bay with a b a e L-E-C-H-E underscore polyamorous, royal Asian. Of course, my boo, ho on the go. That's H-E-A-U-X on the go. A G-E-A-U-X. Sorry, let me emphasize on that. But linking up with them and, and just talking with them and following them, it was all like finding a sense. And it was great because also a lot of these people that I just named, they're all POCs. Here in LA, it's not a big polyamorous community, believe it or not. People come off and say that they are, but then you start vetting and you start seeing people's patterns and then they're like, you're like, you're not really polyamorous and you're doing us a disservice by saying that you are. And that's a big problem too. So when people always ask me like, well, where do I go? I'm like, the sources are there on the internet. Start with the people that I just shouted out with those Instagram accounts. I know, Jordan, you follow a couple of people that I just shouted out. And you can do the work yourself and kind of vetting who works for you. Because if someone's dictating to you, and that's not what I'm going to do. And being polyamorous for me is just one aspect of me. I talk about all aspects of sexuality. So by finding these people, you can vet and you can do your research and you can compile the way that you want to spend your polyamorous journey. But for me, it started with the friends and then branched out to everything.
0: I love that. And I'll definitely tag all of those individuals in um, our posts so that they can easily be accessed on Instagram. But you brought up something that I think we should address. And I know this just because I'm in the sex-positive space, but not all polyamorous relationships look the same. They are all set up differently. What are some different types of setups that you have seen or that are pretty common?
1: I mean, of course, there's... I feel like lately, and this has been my biggest annoyance on Instagram, I'm seeing a lot of married couples coming out as polyamorous, but it's also like, it's very... (laughs) It's like the penis policy. Okay. The one penis policy type of polyamory. And that to me is not true polyamory at all. I don't like that at all. Then there's also the, the healthy. I like to say that I represent a healthy polyamorous lifestyle where I'm not married to my life partner, but we also share partners and then we also date people separately. Like, we don't have to be in our polyamorous journey together. So we might have our breakdown of who we all date and who's interacting. But at the same time, he's on his own journey. I'm on my, my own journey. My journey right now, like I said, is not really going on. Like, I date people, but am I bringing? No. Have we discussed finding a potential girlfriend for both of us, absolutely. But I'm picky as hell. He just likes anything. If it's got boobs and a vagina and a great personality, he's with it. Okay? Me, I, I don't want to say pussy has standards. Pussy has standards with me. <laughs> I'm a little picky. I'm a little picky. But again, how we manage our journey is... It's separately yet together, if that makes sense. And then there's other people who are just freely polyamorous on their own. They may not have a primary partner, but they have multiple partners that they may date all together. They may date separately. Some of their partners might date each other and not include that, that one main connection. So I think polyamory is being represented in, in different ways. And as I like to say, your journey polyamory in general is a unique journey within itself. So however you see fit works for you, doesn't mean that you're no less or not equal to the next polyamorous individual. By the way, I need people to stop using the word poly. Okay, it's polyamorous or polyam, because let's not be disrespectful to Polynesians. They had the word first. Just going to put that out there. I did not there. know that. Yes. I no. had to learn it too. I had to unlearn it too. So we got to stop saying poly. I'm poly. No, we're we're being disrespectful now to a community, the POC. So let's keep it polyamorous, polyam. I've seen poly- uh. I like to use polyam or polyamorous.
0: Yes. Thank you for that clarification because I think that's so important that all of us Have proper terminology in life in general. And sometimes you just don't know what you don't know as far as being politically correct. So I appreciate that so that the listeners can at least have the proper terms to use going forward. What if there's one thing that you would tell somebody who is interested in the polyamorous lifestyle? What would you, can I use those words together? What? Polyamorous lifestyle? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Polyamorous lifestyle.
1: That that's it is a lifestyle. It's not just sexuality. It's it it is a lifestyle. It's a community. So you're not Okay. Perfect. Girl, you're not disrespecting (laughs) us.
0: I just wanted to make sure because I was like, those technically could be two separate things as well. The lifestyle is different, but polyamory is a lifestyle of itself. Absolutely is. So if somebody was interested in exploring this what is one thing that you would want them to know or one thing that you would tell them communication okay like again i've said
1: it before and i'm gonna say it again communication is the biggest thing second to that is identity know what the fuck you want because i know for me if i'm making a connection with somebody and i'm being honest from jump also Let me. Here's a fun fact about me. I'm polyamorous and I have genital herpes, okay? And again, I keep it very 100. We all get tested. In fact, actually, some of my partners also have herpes. But we are very, very open. So what I want people to take away, it's not just one thing. I need people to be honest about communication. I need people to be honest about disclosure, especially because... Again, if you are navigating a sexual polyamorous journey, sex is a big thing. You're going to have to get tested. You're going to get tested more than usual. The norm, some people say I get tested every month. For me, depending upon the level uh, of dating I'm doing, sometimes I get tested every two to three weeks if I know, just to be on the safe. But again, that's, everybody's different. But I will say, get ready to be vulnerable. You got to get ready for communication that's going to be more than the, you know, that you may be used to. And of course, just being honest and true to yourself and then being honest and true to other people. You're going to have to do a lot of work. It's not easy. Is it a cool thing? Yeah, it's great to make multiple connections. But you also have to question yourself: are you trying to rack up bodies, or are you trying to actually make honest, true relationships and communication? Are you trying to have a life? Are you trying to have a life of honest and true communication? Or are you just trying to have a season of honest communication? That's my takeaway. Because I think there are people out there that just like to say they're polyamorous because. They want to show off and say, well, I got five girlfriends. I got five boyfriends. Okay, well, what are y'all doing to maintain and keep the status of girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, life partner? Are you just saying it to say it? Or are you actually practicing a healthy communication and healthy boundaries? Because there are such things as healthy boundaries. And I think that gets lost in the sauce a lot of the time.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. We could totally have a boundary conversation, I'm sure. <laughs> that's who that came up for me about self boundaries this week. And yeah, boundaries are so important in life. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make you a bad
1: person. I, I think boundaries is healthy. I used to think back in the day when I was just a baby, just fucking everything that walked, like I was a hoe. Now I'm more of a, I'm a classy hoe. I'm a picky hoe, I like to say. it. It's like, it's okay to be picky. It's okay to set a boundary for yourself to be like, I don't want this person to stay over tonight. Or it's a boundary for you to be asking about my partners. It's a boundary for you to be asking to be part of the polycule. Because I get that a lot. A lot of people are like, well, how can I apply? And I'm like, this is not a job. Okay, this is not a job. And no, just because we're poly dis- uh, polyamorous doesn't mean that we're just gonna sleep with you on site. It's just not gonna happen. Especially with me, it's not gonna happen. Don't DM me, don't ask me for sex, it ain't gonna happen. Cause I get it a lot. I get it a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those DMs, man. I keep saying like there needs
1: to be a feature of call they mamas, okay? Call day mamas. Let me send this. Let me show you what your son or daughter just sent me. It's mostly the men. So let me just, yeah. A call day mama section needs to be put in place because you would never talk to your mom. You would never talk to your sister the way that you slide in my DMs. Like you would never, ever. So why? Why do it to me? I'm somebody's child. I'm somebody's, I don't have siblings, but I'm somebody's auntie, okay? Like, no respect it. Respect my boundaries.
0: Yes. The DMs, I swear. It might have been pretty calm lately. I haven't had too many crazy things, but I definitely have gotten the random dick pics and it's like, why? Why? Like you don't just introduce yourself by sending a picture. No. Oh, we could go on for days for that too, but.
1: Yeah. Send me a picture of a dog first before your dick. Like, no. Like, You guys heard of sexual harassment, right? Because sending your dick is a form of sexual harassment. And I got plenty of police officers on standby that I could just be like, look, (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a fuck if you served our country. I have definitely gotten some army folks in trouble lately.
0: Yes, you have a whole story. Yeah. Yes, I have a whole story. Where can the listeners find you at? So you can find me at multiple
1: outlets. First and foremost, my website at Ms. Radio Sapphire. That's M-S-R-A-D-I-O-S-A-P-P-H-I-R-E.com. Also, Ms. Radio Sapphire on Instagram at Sapphire's Earplay. I I just ended my podcast after 12 years, but every episode is on that website. It's on every podcasting platform. I sometimes do a lot of, as you may see, those who do know me, I do a lot of sharing of other communities uh, in the sexuality community. I share a lot of content of Jordans and other friends in the community. So it's still a community-based uh, safe space. Also, I have a project called Fuck University with my partner, Benjamin. We're resuming episodes very soon. And you can follow us at university or go to fuckuniversity.org and sign up there. And I just signed up with this app called Moan. That's M-O-N-O with the little line on top. They're at, on Instagram, at we are Mon, or Moan. Actually, this Friday, February 4th, I'll be doing a live chat on the app on being horny for horror films because I love some horror. I love gore. And yes, people out there like myself get a little nasty and perverted watching a horror film. So we're going to just talk about that. But it's going to be also recorded on Sapphire's Earplay for later listening on all streaming platforms. So please take a look.
0: Yes, I gotta check out that app. I know I've seen it on your Instagram. And yes, Megan shares so many good resources of other people in the sex positive space. I she's connected me with Lotus Lane, who was on the podcast earlier this year. And yeah, she's a wonderful sex positive person to follow. So highly recommend it. But thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you for the space. I, I feel honored. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Intimacy Coaching by Jordan Donnell. Have you ever desired more from your sex life or feel like you're having good sex but curious about how to make it even better? Are you desiring a deeper, intimate connection with yourself? Or maybe you are dealing with desire and arousal concerns or struggling with communicating your desires with your partner. If you're hearing this and thinking, hmm that might be me and you're curious to learn a bit more, let's chat. I would love to talk with you more to see if working with me is a good fit for you. To learn more about intimacy coaching with Jordan Donnell, go to coaching.jordandonell.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.